This is Steve Center, Lonely Guy with a Book. Today's book comes from kind of an unusual source. I have an account on Twitter. You know, when you're on Twitter, you follow somebody, they follow you back, and one day, somebody who followed me or I followed them back or whatever sent me a text and said, hey, I wrote a book, and you should read it. I clicked the link, went to Amazon, read through, and decided to spend the five bucks to get the Kindle edition. The name of the book is The Raven Moonstone by V.J. Garski. This is going to be the first foray on the podcast into the young adult novel genre. It's interesting because I actually have read, I think I've read just about every major series of young adult books that I've heard of. And if, if I come across a new one, and actually the same thought process I had with The Raven Moonstone. It was kind of a new uh, book in that genre, and I thought, let's knock it out. Typically, they're not all that long. They're pretty easy to get through. And so I was interested. And when we're going through The Raven Moonstone and we're talking about compare contrast, we have to think about what young adult fiction is and isn't when we're comparing it to what we want to read. First, let's start with the book summary from Amazon.com. He had a wonderful childhood until he didn't. After losing his parents in a freak accident, Noah struggles with his emotions. He copes by believing life is easier if he doesn't think about certain things. But when the eccentric town librarian hands him an ancient text, accidental magic mishaps create trouble with consequences too impossible to ignore, not to mention the spiders and the goats. Questions bubble to the surface regarding his parents' death, and he vows to discover the truth. Was it nefarious magic or corporate greed? Everyone in town has a secret, but the biggest mystery is the one his parents took to their grave. Fast-paced, heartwarming, humorous, Americana coming-of-age adventure where nothing is as it seems in the quirky town of Sweetwater. An enchanting hometown fantastical adventure of warring wizards and witches for the entire family. We have not discussed young adult novels. I enjoy them very much, and over time, I certainly have a plan. During this calendar year, I thought I would review all of the John Green books, for instance. It is very different from what you get from books that are aimed more at adults, and so what we expect and want from a young adult book is no sex and really no suggestiveness, minimal gore. We want, if there is going to be death, we want it to be bloodless and any pain that occurred, we're not hearing about it. We demand happy endings in our teen books. And if we don't get them, that better be because it's volume two and volume three is what's going to wrap up the series. Now, none of these are problems if that's what you're wanting to read. And so I don't compare teen books to more adult books because what you're wanting is just so different. If I was going to read a Jack Reacher book, just as an example, and I picked up the Raven Moonstone, I'd be pretty disappointed because I want to see Jack Reacher shoot 50 people in the head and I want to hear about their blood splattering on the wall. Vice versa, if I pick up the Raven Moonstone and our main character Noah is putting female super agents taking them to bed, I'm not happy with that either. So again, just, just something to consider as, as we go through our recommendations and, and what the book is about. I guess the question I would have talking about this kind of novel, because a young adult book is so different from 
most other literature. You know, why would somebody want to read that? And I, I can actually use myself as an example. I have been a voracious reader since I was a little boy. And by the time I was 11, I had read any book in our school library that I had any interest in. I had read the Encyclopedia Browns and the Henry and Ramonas and, and all these books. Now, remember, you know, we're talking 1985-ish. When I got done with those books, there was no young adult genre. It did not exist. So I jumped and at age 11 and 12 started reading Stephen King. It wasn't that the books were too hard for me. I was able to read all of them. But at age 11 and 12, there were things, there were subjects in a Stephen King book that really were not for me at that age. And I don't blame Stephen King for that. I blame the fact that there was no section of books that bridged that gap. I should probably know more about this. Maybe it began with Harry Potter. I mean, that was certainly the first big series of books aimed at kids that weren't little kid books that I'd ever heard of. But somewhere in the last 20 years, an entire genre has exploded into our consciousness. And these books are really, really good. I want to hearken back to a book that we're going to review separately. That's on my top 100 list. The Postman Always Rings Twice. Now, that book came out in the 30s, and the movie came out just after it was published, and it was starring Lana Turner. And, of course, this was during the 30s, so this was a different time. And as Lana went throughout her career, she said that she loved the challenge of The Postman Always Rings Twice because she had to be sexy. She had to be provocative and revealing without all of the cheats that actresses had as time went on, she couldn't be undressed. She couldn't share a bed with with her partner in crime because those things were not allowed. And yet, if you have not seen this movie, go watch this movie. She is unbelievably sexy and alluring and just everything you would want the bad girl in a book like that to be. I actually think that that is one of the reasons why I find t- young adult and teen books so appealing. Because if you take away graphic sexuality, you take away uh, violence, you know, graphic gore, but you still got to get your point across. I think the writers have to do more with fewer tools. Well, let's get to the Raven Moonstone. Our main protagonist is Noah. Noah comes across as a very likable kid. He graduated from high school about a year before the story begins. First thing I noticed was I let Noah, I found Noah to be a likable character. One of the reasons I enjoyed his character is because he was pretty vulnerable right from the beginning, but he wasn't wimpy and weak. And that can be a really hard line to balance. Noah accidentally discovers that he's at least somehow situated to magic. He does not know he has any kind of powers or anything like that, but he's in the library with this older librarian and she criticizes the book that he wants to look at and a magic book, book of spells, but it's all the pages are blank. In kind of a chaotic scene, a spell appears on the page. He accidentally says some stuff he's not supposed to, you know, these magical phrases and the librarian is turned into a goat, which was funny. It was a funny scene and it was well-written. So that was actually one of the things that impressed me as I was going through the book, especially in in the first two thirds of the book, that there was this problem where a handful of people had gotten turned into goats 
and it was not immediately resolved, but the tension from it continued. That's a subtle bit of writing that where an author is able to kind of carry through that sort of tension because so often what happens, and in young adult books, they're really vulnerable to the overly quick resolution when things get solved almost immediately or they get solved in a way that's really easy or it gets held off to the end, but then the manner of resolution is still pretty flat. These are all things that happen. I've read them in all in different books, but uh, Moonstone didn't have that. I just thought the tension was, was carried through really well. Well, of course we end up finding out, and this isn't surprising, right? That so many, there are members of his family who are involved in magic and there's a big conspiracy going on in the town. This becomes really fun. Some of this was, you know, we've talked before about volume one in a series and how volume one, it just has some really hard natural limits because you need to set up so many things to be able to move on to volume two. And when I finished this book, I reached out to the author and I said, please tell me there is a volume two coming. In case there wasn't one, I didn't want to sound like I was being whiny, but I was like, come on, you know, this was, I need to know where, where Noah's going. And she said there was, and I just thought it really explained some of the things that were going on in the first book, the extra bits of knowledge that are necessary to create a series. There was a character, Sarah, who at first we're not really sure what her relationship going to be as far as, is she going to be a girlfriend? Is she going to be a friend friend? Is she going to be an enemy? I actually thought that she was the most compelling character in the book. Partly because we get these tantalizing bits of information about her, but the book is so focused on Noah and we find out so much about him. But Sarah is actually the character that going into volume two, I'm the most interested in where is her story going and where is the relationship between Noah and Sarah going to end up? Because at this point, uh, all avenues are open. They're not a committed couple. They're not enemies. So like I said, I just feel like that character, that Sarah character, is the one that provides, at least for myself, the most intrigue right at, as the story was ending. So how was the ending of this book? I really enjoyed the ending. As we noted, we had to get the resolution of the ghosts. Now, you know, we've talked about this before. It's not a spoiler if we know it's coming. Teen books have to have happy ending. Not every, that doesn't mean every single thing has to be happy. But you read a book by Stephen King and the ending is disturbing and unsettling and things don't get fully resolved. That's just, that's just an adult Stephen King book. That is not allowed for an adolescent book. So everything gets wrapped up the way it needs to. The ending isn't all sunshine and rainbows, but it's really good. It's positive. It's what we want it to be. The situation with people getting turned into goats get resolved actually in a way that I thought was better than what I had anticipated. My overall rating and recommendation, I'm going to give this book four stars. The limit to the book was that because it is the first volume in a series, there were just so many things that were set up. It's often so limiting as far as the ultimate story of the, if you've been with me now through 30 some podcasts, this is just a common experience I have with first volumes. I am very excited about volume two. My recommendation is this is a lesser known author. It's a lesser known book. It's probably not going to be in a lot of libraries. It is, if you get have Kindle Unlimited, it's it's one of the books that are for free on the Kindle Unlimited. Again, I paid $5 for the Kindle version. Absolutely worth it. My recommendation is that you get on Twitter, you become friends with VJ Garski, you tell her you're going to read the book, you get the book, you read the book, we'll all get ready for volume two together. And that was, by the way, the happy ending to this story is that when I told her, 
Hey, I really want a volume two. She indeed did report that one is coming. This is Steve Center, Lonely Guy with a Book.